So, some time ago, I asked you all to share some of your scary experiences with me on my community tab. I know it's been a little while since I asked that question, but I wanted to let everyone get their story in, and I wanted to now finally take the time to read some of your stories. So thank you to everyone who submitted one. If I didn't read yours, don't worry about it. Maybe just submit it next time, and maybe I'll get around to it. But again, thanks everyone who submitted, and let's get right into these true scary stories. My son and husband were standing in the living room, having a little conversation. They thought I came in from outside, and both stepped aside so I could pass, and they both watched me walk into that room. My husband even said, Babe, what are you doing? And I didn't answer, because just then, I did walk inside. They both turned and looked at me like, What the hell? I asked them what was wrong, and my husband said, you just walked through here. So I told him no, I'd been outside. They both said that we watched you walk in here and that we both moved so you could pass and walk into the bedroom. It's just one of the craziest experiences we've ever had in our home. When I moved my flower business into a new commercial unit, my staff and families were in painting and setting up. I had a strange feeling about this place, and it turns out I wasn't alone. After some time in there, my employee's boyfriend finally just says, This place feels haunted. <laughs> there was a huge reaction because several of us were feeling the same way. Nothing really had happened at first. We eventually moved in, and got next door to a neighbor who sold antiques. When he moved in, he immediately started mentioning his unit being haunted. They were hearing things, seeing full-body apparitions, finding items moved or lost. This went on for a while, when finally one day he came over to invite my staff and I to come back after closing when he had a medium coming by to check out the situation and see if they could remove the entities. I didn't go but he told us the next day she found the spirits of a man and a woman who died in the neighboring apartment complex and that the man was very angry. The woman's spirit was his wife, who he'd killed in a murder-suicide. He hoped this would end the strange occurrences, but it did not. As he continued to fill his business with antiques and relics from World War II and Civil War, letters, uniforms, etc., along with old furniture and other relics of the past, he got more and more activity. We could feel it. There was no denying something was just off in our units, even though nothing like he described had happened to us until it did. One morning, a few employees and I showed up at the same time to gather wedding flowers for delivery. When I unlocked the door and opened it, we could hear our radio just blasting, like full blast. It was nothing we would ever have it set to by chance if we'd left it on. It was unbearably loud. I rushed over and turned the radio off. Then, as I started to walk further in with one person behind me, the radio turned itself back on. I turned and looked at the girl behind me, and we both turned to look at the radio with shock. We continued to hear stories of the goings-on next door, and he had several ghost-ton people come check out his place. They would locate the name and certain spirits and identify which pieces of furniture they were attached to. 
They had a huge unit, and it had a basement where he put all of his bargain items. An employee and I walked down the stairs, and as soon as we reached the bottom where we could see inside, a very fast movement out the corner of my eye caught my attention. It was like seeing something out of the corner of your eye, but not knowing what. The next thing that happened after we relaxed and began shopping, there was a loud knock that started up, like someone knocking on a door, but continuously. We looked at each other and said, what's that? We wasted no time and headed back upstairs and back to the more quiet of our unit. When this man and all of his antiques began to move out, things very much picked up for him and his unit. You could just feel it through the walls. I wasn't sure if he'd be taking the spirits with him or leaving them behind with us. The final thing that happened was just before he left was a box of four foot long fluorescent light bulbs that we had leaning up against the wall fell forward and made the loudest smack onto the floor. It was remarkable because it didn't fall like you'd think it would if it was to do so on its own. It was leaning at an angle into the wall and fell forward from the top. A few weeks later, he was all cleared out. Nothing left behind, and it appears he took all the spirits with him. The whole place felt lighter, and we never had the feeling of being watched or that our unit was being haunted again. When I was 16 in the mid-90s, a.k.a. the I-know-everything-I'm-invincible-and-you-can't-stop-me age, I got in a fight with an acquaintance while a whole bunch of us were hanging out at his house. Stupid fight. I can't remember what it was about, but I decided, fuck it, I was going home. I lived about five miles away, but I didn't have a car, and since it was 2 a.m., there were no buses. I was just going to walk home. In the middle of the night, through a not-so-safe neighborhood, as a teeny 16-year-old girl. So, I did. I think in hindsight, my friends either didn't believe I was going to do it or were too startled by the sudden argument to realize what I was doing. I left the house and started hoofing it. About a mile out, the suburban housing neighborhood melted into a main street with highway access. I started to notice a grayish minivan following me. It would follow me, pass me, turn a corner, and about three blocks later, it would do the same thing. I mean, really, really obvious what was going on. I crossed over to the other side of the street, so I was walking opposite of the traffic flow, and thus, no car came up behind me. I kept doing it. On the other side of the street, about a mile later, there was a 24-hour Fred Meyer, West Coast USA chain grocery and all-purpose store. Lights bright, but parking lot empty-ish. I immediately crossed the parking lot and went to head inside. Just before I got into the doors, the minivan that had been following me pulled up into one of the parking spots. A guy called out from the driver's side and said, I don't want to walk over here. Just stay there and listen. I just wanted to let you know what I was doing. I saw you walking a while back, but I also saw a dark car that was following you. A couple of times you went to turn around or stop, so I started following you down a parallel side street. When I saw it, I started to follow you both just to make sure you were safe. Go inside the store and call someone to pick you up, please. I haven't seen the car since you headed across the lot. He waited until I was inside the store and then pulled away. I didn't have anyone to call, so I just let the night cashier know what was going on and hung out there for about an hour and a half. Then I finished my walk home. I've never forgotten the incident or that man, whoever he was. During the walk, I never saw the dark car he mentioned, but I've always been convinced he saved my life that night.
I was home alone once when my parents were out of town. We had just moved into our house. There was an empty lot next to our house with a house half built. My parents were the types to leave the outdoor side garage door unlocked. Dumbasses, I know. Well, while they were gone, I was watching TV, and all of a sudden the door that leads into my garage from the inside starts to wiggle. I put my TV on mute, and I listen again. I see it actually move that time. I start freaking out, and I'm kind of in shock looking for the phone. Can't find the house phone, so I reach for my cell. Remembered, I left my charger in my parents' car, so I'm frantically looking for the house phone. Our house was so new, my mom hadn't even put up blinds or drapes in the kitchen or living room. Well, whoever was wiggling my garage door knob starts banging on the windows in my living room. Again, no blinds or phone, and at that moment, I realize the guy is seeing my every move, so I shoot upstairs. Again, looking frantically for the phone and also trying to figure out how and where I'd jump out of my house to get away from the maniac that's outside my house if I needed to. He then starts pounding on my front door. I can tell at that point he's using something metal or plastic by the sound of the thumps. I really thought he was going to shoot my door open. I remember at that moment I was pissed at myself for being a dumbass teenager that frequently talked on the phone because I always just left it lying around, never putting it back on the base. I just wanted so badly to push the button that detects where my house phone is, but I thought if he heard where it was, he'd break the window nearest to it and take it. Then I remembered I left my phone in my mom's room. And as I pass the hallway to her room, I see two people pacing in front of my house. I'm freaking out, trying to find my dad's gun in my parents' bedroom. I find the phone and call 911. As I'm on the phone, the window breaks. I'm upstairs and scared to death. Suddenly, everything goes silent. I'm waiting in my parents' pitch-black closet for what seems like an eternity, and then I hear sirens. Cops show up, but there's no one to be found. I figured that they hadn't gone too far since it had just occurred. Cops never found my tormentors. The cops never found my tormentors, but on the plus side, the company building the house next door, some company that built ours, hired overnight security to stay on our streets until the house was built, which was definitely refreshing. Back when my grandfather died, his children and some of the grandchildren took turns in staying over at Grandma's house. We'd spend the nights and help her out around the house, while also having some time alone in the house, we all loved spending some final moments with Grandpa, his body in the living room where his big old desk used to be. This house was on a pretty big plot of land with a nice big barn, and while Grandma loved her gardening, Grandpa used to take care of the lawn. One day, he'd felt a bit wheezy while mowing the lawn, so he went inside and eventually ended up calling the doctor and going to the hospital. He unceremoniously died three weeks later, unwilling to fight the cancer that had formed in his gut over the past few years. As one of the older grandkids, I stayed over one night as well. Bluntly speaking, I was a bit on edge with just having a dead body in the house, but nothing really eventful happened that night. I said goodnight to my grandfather, yeah, it felt weird, and then I went upstairs to rest. The next morning, my grandmother was already preparing dinner for all the people that would be coming to pay their respects. She sternly told me that she'd wanted to do this particular thing alone, so I decided to start the day by mowing the stretch of lawn my grandfather never got to finish. I knew how big he and grandmother have always been on having the garden top shape whenever there were people over, 
and I didn't want to let him down. It wasn't a small patch of grass, but I figured the electric push mower should be more than enough. I hooked it up using a long orange extension cord and got to work. Now, you have to know, my grandfather was a skilled but super safe handyman. He was an electrical engineer by trade and was always working on the house or tinkering in the barn, doing the bigger gardening projects my grandmother couldn't do, making us toys or fixing our bikes, things like that. We always got to help him out, but he always kept an eye on us with whatever we were doing, making sure we were using the tools in the correct way, we weren't running around with screwdrivers in our pockets, teaching us how to work the electric mower and how to handle the long extension cord as to not run it over with the mower. When I was mowing the lawn, I was thinking about all of that instead of actually minding the extension cord. I fucked up. I ran over a coil of it, slightly damaging the cable down to the copper, but not cutting it in half completely. The safest way to proceed would be to unplug the cord, roll it back up, and get another, not damaged one. What puzzles me to this day. I was nearing completion anyway, and decided to continue a bit longer now, carefully avoiding the cord. After finishing up, I went to roll the cord around my arm as I always did, as my grandfather taught me. I was thinking about him, how hard this was on grandma, and I stopped minding where I grabbed the cord. I grabbed straight to the exposed copper. I felt a short, sharp jolt in the palm of my hand and immediately realized what happened. I tried to let go, but my arm and hand cramped up. At the time, naively, I thought I was going to die, and... I thought how stupid I had been and how this would impact my already grieving family. It must have only been a split second, but I felt like I had stood there for ten minutes. Suddenly, the reflexes in my arm kicked in and I threw the cable to the floor. It took a moment to breathe and stood there, dazed out of my mind, listening to the wind in the trees, trying to figure out what had happened. I made my way into the barn to unplug the cord from the wall. It wasn't plugged in. I figured I must have yanked it out of the wall with my not-so-ninja reflexes, but quickly realized the angle for me to be able to do that were all wrong. And besides, there was a ton of slack in the cable. I checked in and around the barn, but there was no one on the property. I could see my grandmother through the kitchen window, still working on preparing meals for the tens of people that would come around later. The dog was still in his own enclosed section of the garden, on by the other side of the house, Ears pointed, tail in the air, his eyes fixated on me in the barn behind me, nervously whimpering and pacing back and forth. I've never believed in something of a spirit world, an afterlife, souls, or energy staying behind in the physical world, any of that, but as silly as it sounds, on that day I did. On that day, I was convinced my grandfather was watching my back, just to make sure I wasn't doing something stupid. Although nobody believes me, I know what I saw, and it wasn't a stealth bomber. I was about 14, and about 10.30, I was trying to fall asleep on a school night. I started to hear a hum that quickly began growing its intensity, as whatever was making it got closer. So I bent the blinds on the window behind me and peered out. Something bright was steadily approaching, and it was flying very low. As it got closer, I began to see more detail. In the middle was a bright white sphere. It had long shafts coming out of it radially from this central sphere. At the end of each of these shafts, maybe 10 or 15 in total, was a smaller sphere, each illuminated with a different color, 
noticeably dimmer than the central sphere. It zoomed right overhead. Couldn't have been more than 20 feet over my house. I ran downstairs and told my parents. They told me to go back to bed. Next day, I told my friends and teachers. They laughed at me. They suggested it was probably a stealth bomber because there's an AFB nearby, and stealth bomber sightings aren't rare. This thing was the opposite of stealthy. So, I have no idea what it was, but I'll never forget the night that I saw that psychedelic sombrero. I went to a graveyard at about midnight with a group of friends to visit an old friend who died in a car accident. While we were standing around his grave telling good stories about him, I hear a faint voice of an elderly woman. One of my friends out loud say, Oh shit, what the fuck? I stand up and look toward the source. I saw a very old woman, literally dressed in a white tattered nightgown about a hundred feet away. She started talking to us. Sir! Get over here now. I need help. We stood still. No one said a thing. The part that weirded me out was that she used the singular word, sir, when there were clearly five of us. She started walking closer and started speaking again, but even louder. Boys, I need your help now. Notice the plurality. Then she literally started running towards us, screaming nonsense. We were all scared out of our minds, so we ran back to the car, with this old woman close behind. We reached the car, which was a two-door, and everyone got in before me, including the driver, so the driver's seat was blocking my entrance to the back seat. I yelled as I approached the car, and he got out and let me in. Doors slammed, and we flew down the small graveyard roads to the opposite side where the exit was. This is where shit got weird. We go to the other side of the graveyard in like 10 seconds. We're speeding toward the exit and we approach a curved road that was well lit. And the old lady ran onto the road. There was no way she ran over that fast. I see her trying to chase us down and finally she lets out the most terrifying scream I've ever heard. Sounded like she was being murdered slowly and painfully. We fled the scene just seconds after and never returned. Four other friends of mine can testify as witnesses to that night, and it's by far the most terrifying experience I've ever had in my life. For my fifth birthday, my uncle got me a Pee Wee Herman puppet. I was a big Pee Wee fan and loved it at first. In my room, I had bunk beds, and I slept on the bottom bunk, and on the top, I kept all my favorite toys and stuffed animals. I'd often leave them in really weird formations after having battles and the like, but I always remembered to leave certain ones in certain places because they were my favorites, namely my Ninja Turtles and Pee-Wee. A few months after getting this toy, though, I started to have some really terrible nightmares about it. Not the are-you-afraid-of-the-dark kind of 90s nightmare for kids, but truly graphic and horrible dreams where someone had broken into our house and made me watch him torture my sisters and my parents while the doll just laughed. It was some seriously scarring shit. So I told my parents and they immediately got rid of it. This apparently just meant they hid it in the garage since I couldn't see the stuff stored up high anyways. A couple of weeks later I woke up and all my Ninja Turtles were on the floor. Confusing, but maybe I shook the bed a bunch in my sleep. 
A few days after this, my older sister woke my parents up screaming about a dream she had just had. It was nearly identical to my dream. I told them about it, but I know she'd never heard about it. My parents knew as well, and my mother looked genuinely horrified. I got screamed at for telling my sister about such horrible things, but once it became clear that I really hadn't told her, my mom looked even more worried. I watched her go into the garage, grab Pee-wee, put him in a trash bag, and put him in the dumpster. For years, I'd wake up and my stuffed animals would be in really odd places. In places I know I hadn't left them. In places I would never have left them. I was obsessed. When I was 12, I found the Pee-wee toy in a box in the garage. My mom said Dad must have come home, seen it in the trash, and pulled it out. But he doesn't remember ever doing that. He swears he didn't even know she threw it away, let alone tried to pull it out.